Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this very special episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. This is the 50th episode of the series, if you can believe it, and joining me this month is none other than Francesca Facilongo, also known as Paquita Gordon. Before we get started, I just want to say a few quick words. When I created the series in 2017, it was just a small idea I came up with and pitched to some friends before starting out with literally zero idea what I was doing. Aside from that, I wanted to tell stories in a different way. Although I'm not a music maker myself, I've always been passionate about music and creativity, and it's been such an incredible experience to meet so many like-minded artists, to hear their stories of triumph and failure, to dig into their creativity, their artistry, and of course to share all of that with you. I can't believe I've made 50 of these conversations and I'm so grateful to everyone who has listened along the way. The series wouldn't be what it is without you, so thank you so much to all of you. To celebrate, my very talented friend and designer Grant Gibson has created two different Air Podcast 50th episode t-shirts which will be sold through Everpress. You can check out the description for the link to pre-order your t-shirt. Thank you all again so much for your support. I've got some really amazing episodes coming up next year and I can't wait to share it all with you. Next is a bit of housekeeping that we've recently moved to the top of the show. I recently started a Substack newsletter for AIR where I'll be sharing updates about the series and also just my thoughts and musings on music and my various guests in a way that I don't always get to do via Instagram or these brief intros. The first newsletter is out today, so head over to airpodcast.substack.com to sign up. You can also, as always, follow us on Instagram at at underscore airpodcast or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash airpodcast. If you're enjoying air and you want to hear more stories like these ones, I can recommend Not a Diving Podcast, hosted by Paul Rose, also known as Scuba. Not a Diving Podcast has some really amazing guests and really interesting conversations with DJs, producers, and also just music industry figures like A&Rs and promoters. It's been such a pleasure to follow along with Paul as he meets friends and peers from the music world and to hear their conversations, which to me are really like a glimpse behind the curtain. You can find links to Not A Diving Podcast on all listening platforms at scubaofficial.io slash podcast. On to today's episode, which features Italian DJ Paquita Gordon, a resident of festivals like Terraforma and Waking Life, and a true musical devotee. A DJ for over a decade now, she spent time in London, Mallorca, and Sicily, bringing with her a deep love of music, creativity, and nature. Her mixes are meticulous and thoughtful, with each record well-researched and purposefully chosen. Her DJ sets are likewise storytelling in its truest form, and playing out for Paquita is really the best part of her job. Her site-specific performance project, Il Vulcano, invites artists to join her in different Mediterranean regions for a jam session that is recorded but never shared. Her goal as an artist is always to form links, whether that's through sound, through art, through nature or beyond. She's always seeking connectivity rather than publicity. She finds joy in the making of things rather than solely in the end result. In this conversation, we explore her creativity and the musical and artistic connections that make up a life spent loving music. 
Francesca, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Emma, for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to, to be part of this experience with you. So together we've kind of come up with this topic of um, musical and artistic connections. Can you tell me a bit about what music helps you feel connected to? Like, do you connect more with the past, for example, or maybe you feel very deeply connected to yourself, or maybe you feel very in the present when you're playing music? Uh, what is that connection like for you? When I'm playing, it's a wonderful moment. It's maybe not so easy to describe, but is the reason why I do this job, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a moment where the concentration is so high and the senses become something different. Like if uh, all the senses become one unique sense together where you don't actually see or hear, but you feel everything and you feel the people, the venue, the atmosphere. And of course you are really, I am really into the practical aspect of the mixing with my vinyls. I am always really concentrated on the technical aspect and really never uh, taking off my concentration from this, you know. I guess that that sort of sense of grounding, like being very concentrated and everything kind of just goes away except for what you're doing, that must be something that you really search for. Like, I know I search for that also. And I feel like I didn't know that music could make me feel like that until I started going out to raves and things like that when I got older. How was that for you? When did you realize that music could give you that feeling? I think I realized it through DJing because uh, it was the first time I could really let myself go into this ritual and without DJing I would probably have not understood uh, in the same way. But of course, thanks to the masters and DJs that I had the chance to witness in clubs, especially in London where I used to live, I for sure let myself go to their uh, art and completely feel abandoned into their hands. And music, uh, as John Cage says, uh, can be very interesting because it's one of those unique things that can be able to shut up your mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very special opportunity to feel like this. And I wish the whole world could feel like this sometimes, you know. Does the connection with that feeling, does that change depending on whether you're DJing in a club or playing instruments or working with field recordings or maybe you're in a museum setting? Like, do you feel different types of that feeling depending on where and how uh, and why you're playing? For sure, the idea of playing music surrounded by nature is something that lets me feel a complete experience. This is the setting where while I listen to the music, I can feel and see the connection between the music and the landscape. Mm -hmm. it, it's like uh, something that gives me a lot of positive strength. And I think that this is how originally it started. And it's, I think it's also quite necessary to do this into nature. Clubs are probably a way of adaptation that we had to go through because mm -hmm. uh, we didn't, uh, find the space to do it somewhere else. I'm going to come back to nature later on, but I want to talk a bit about maybe a different setting. I think one of your oldest SoundCloud mixes uh, you recorded using your parents' old records, and it includes, I think, a record that your father produced in, in the 80s. Um, I really like that, and I, I wonder about the experience of, you know, playing music at home like that in, in such a way that's connected to your family is that also does that also give you that same feeling that we've been talking about 
Yes, it makes me feel uh, as the continuation of my family. Mm. And it is for sure uh, somehow an unconscious journey that I went through because at one point I realized I had a sort of knowledge in my hands, but which I acquired without realizing as a Mm. kid this connection is very important because I talk a lot with my, my family and their point of view mm, is kind of an influence for me, you know. I really keep alive these roots mm. and they help me to don't get lost. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you grew up in a musical family. I guess that that kind of means that music, you know, because you said that you you have all this knowledge that you don't even realize that you acquired, I guess that makes music kind of like a safe place for you. Like it's very familiar and it's just kind of like a home for you. Yes, it is uh, for sure. It transformed uh, through the process of becoming a profession and a career. It's always changing this perception, the way I interact with it and has changed a lot. I like to go back to those ways of listening and just playing a jazz record at home while I am cooking or doing something which makes me feel a familiar atmosphere. It's not related anymore maybe to my profession, but my personal pleasure of listening to music at home. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a bit about the kind of feeling that you get when you're playing music, you you know, being very present and feeling very connected to something bigger than yourself, I guess. So when was the last time that you felt that connection when you were DJing? Like I can imagine that after, you know, a really long break during the pandemic and now getting to play out again uh, feels really special each time. Yes, I have to say that I am quite lucky because I feel these things very often. Mostly every DJ set for me, it's an experience of deep connection. And of course, I have special places and moments uh, which are alignments of many things, especially those residencies where I go back every year, mm-hmm. apart from the pandemic break, the Terraforma and Waking Life festivals. Those places where when you go back again and again is a particular challenge that mm. push, pushes you to go beyond even your known limits and expectations of what you can do you know because you always want to surprise and make something new and continue the narrative into something else so for sure into the summer it was a uh, very strong and special to reconnect again after two years with those people and places. You mentioned um, going back again and again to certain festivals, Waking Life and Terraforma. Um, And I'm sure that that's really nice to be somewhere that is so familiar and really feels like another home for you. But what about going to a completely new festival or a completely new country or a new club? Is that also really exciting? It's really exciting, always uh, the unknown The idea of discovering something new, new people and new connections and new understandings of what we're doing. And uh, it's thrilling every time. Mm -hmm. Every time I have to get onto a plane and go and you never know who is waiting for you. You trust (laughs) the agency, the, the promoter, but just through an email and something like this, you know, then when you get there, It's completely another story, but I always feel very safe and I have a lot of trust in the people. So I'm so grateful to be able to travel, you know, thanks to this. It's like an amazing opportunity that I continue to enjoy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was going to ask about the traveling, actually. Like, I feel like for a lot of DJs, maybe not a lot of DJs, I feel like for some DJs, uh, the traveling part of it, 
and you know all the rest of it social media and marketing and all of this stuff is really just stuff that they have to do in order to be able to do the thing they love which is play music so how is that for you like uh, is it a distraction for you to have to do social media and you know get on a plane every day uh, and mm. maybe it's just like a necessary part of your job that you choose not to do if you didn't have to I noticed that playing every weekend doesn't really let you have a continuity rhythm to work at home, which is something that I also really enjoy because due to my formation and uh, university and learnings, I have quite multidisciplinary approach to what I do. I can't completely uh, only focus on music. It's a natural instinct for me to focus also on the rest. It's part of the game, I think. Mm. I decided to don't get on board of Instagram because, yes, I think I am uh, careful about uh, how time is precious and I made a choice to um, focus on different things. So I am careful with the social media. I, do I always try to don't let these things overwhelm me and try to look at them, observe them, let them become, take some time and then get into it when I feel ready. Mm -hmm. I'm not jumping immediately onto a new trend, you know. I'm trying to keep a bit of distance for this. It's important to feed yourself, to find the time to stop playing, uh, sometimes DJing and touring and do something. Mm -hmm. I think this is completely necessary. And I am not one of those who think playing so many times is so cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you can play uh, once uh, a week, uh, you don't need to have five gigs uh, to be feeling, uh, you know, on a journey like the others. It's something that I care about saying because uh, sometimes I think we are pushing a bit too much uh, over the body limits. Uh, and this is something that I care about. Everybody have a has a different body, but in the end, the the standards of the scene are all the same. I think everybody has to listen his own uh, rhythm, inner rhythm and respect it. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, like all that, all that other stuff really feels like things that I just have to do in order to do the thing that I like, which is interviewing people. Um, and I find that like, once I'm finally here, however annoyed I was with all the other little parts of it, that all goes away when I'm just here talking to people. Does that resonate with you? Like, do you feel like when you finally get on stage to play your set, then everything else was worth it? Even if it was really annoying, you had to travel a really long time or whatever else, um, is it all worth it when you finally get to play? Yes, it is worth. Mm -hmm. It is worth because uh, it's almost like a small miracle what happens when we are dancing all together, you know. And it's totally worth it. Uh, it is my choice to do it. It is a bit hard because uh, all these planes, uh, all these environments, you need to be ready for this. Uh, it's a choice. I love traveling and I, I love to go through this because it brings me where I want to go, somewhere mm -hmm. else. It's a, it's a part of the game as well, like the, the social media. Mm -hmm. So it is worth it to, to do it until you feel like doing it, until your, your body and your mind accept it, you know. Mm -hmm. So is all of that part of the reason, or maybe the entire reason, why you started your site-specific music project, Il Vulcano? You've talked about this a bit in other interviews, but apparently one of the driving factors was just being able to like make jam sessions without necessarily releasing them or using them for a specific purpose, like just being there for the love of music and playing what you want to play. Exactly. Vulcano is, uh, is a project that started in Sicily in 2014. It's an artistic project involving uh, audiovisual work. 
And this uh, has been a beautiful adventure shared with other artists uh, uh, that come from different areas uh, of the world. And uh, with them, we did the site-specific uh, uh, performances. Before this time of the site-specific performances, uh, the project was more focused on the production of events uh, with an audience and uh, with the um, with a number of people, we, we created a, a series of events and festivals in different geographical areas of Sicily. And so it's a project that now has uh, various years and, uh, of course, evolved uh, into the time, uh, changing its skin, but uh, still uh, emerging from this uh, research of the Mediterranean landscape and volcanic areas. Just the idea of having created those experiences for those few people, those technicians that were mm -hmm. all together to experience such an intimate, uh, because not all the performances can happen in the same way in front of an audience. Sometimes an intimate environment is also necessary to mm. let the artist perform in a different way, which would maybe would not do and experiment more. It's just a... Uh, uh, love uh, for uh, those feelings and interesting to experiment without a goal. It's quite interesting because I'm still getting feedbacks from this experience, mm -hmm. which for people are not so obvious and clear, you know, mm -hmm. because publishing is always the main goal uh, of a creation. Sometimes uh, not. Mm -hmm. Is an experience that we will always bring forever with uh, with us in our memory and and of course I, I I consider to publish things but not just put it as a first goal of as a consequence of a certain creation mm -hmm. let it be and then you see what it becomes and decide. Mm -hmm. uh, in my last episode for the podcast, it was with Matthew Johnson, and he talked a lot about how when you're in the studio and there's no sense of like purpose or pressure and you're not working for a deadline or a time frame, that's actually when the most magic happens. So do you get I get the, I guess that you get that same sense when you're playing somewhere with with somebody and you don't really have any sort of pressure at all on you. I agree with this view, uh, especially. Uh, talking about uh, Il Vulcano and the site-specific uh, uh, performances which were happening in uh, very specific places which are impossible to reproduce mm. as an experience for an audience in a record or as mm -hmm. a podcast you know? because all those elements, those clouds, those shadows, the wind and the colors are very difficult to uh, capture in the same way in a video and, uh, and I can only evoke them again mm. you know uh, through the media but it's not the same and so there's no recordings no videos of any of any of the the events that you've done there are almost everything is um recorded uh, no public recordings i guess yeah there is no public recordings mm. yet but uh, the idea is to one day to publish into probably different formats Mm -hmm. like uh, some radio shows, uh, a label, 
and uh, I would like to continue this uh, activity. It's just that at the moment I'm going through a recollection of ideas because we, me and some collaborators collected so much material that we had to stop and, and start to think and absorb and experience this material through the computer or through the studio to in fact uh, uh, analyze and decide uh, which is the way for this material. Mm. Can you talk a bit about how you choose which places you'll play in? Um, how, how do you decide about, on those specific details of you know, what, what sort of music will be matched with what place? Um, I think that I read somewhere that the project was initially link, linked to volcanic territories, is that right? Exactly, the inspiration comes from the volcanic landscapes that visually inspired me, evoking some music in my mind. And mm -hmm. looking at these incredible, beautiful volcanic landscapes of the island of Sicily in the south of Italy, the idea to invite artists to perform within this uh, natural environment was what we transformed with other collaborators into the project called Il Vulcano, uh, mm -hmm. which is a frame uh, of imaginary, uh, and not only imaginary, but uh, of a uh, context that we choose to play to place music inside of this context, you know. So um, the places are uh, that we chose some uh, key volcanic areas, uh, geologically mm -hmm. talking, that are still uh, active and uh, where uh, the energy is particularly special because uh, I can tell you that <laughs> you can feel uh, the atmosphere close to a volcano is something really unique uh, that is difficult to describe in words, better to express it through music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, before we started talking today, we've been emailing a bit back and forth, and I mentioned uh, the first edition of Terraforma Festival where Charlemagne Palestine played the opening concert in this big sort of field right next to where the festival was held outside. Um, and it was just so special. I really will never forget it. Like hearing piano music in that setting was just so felt like from another world almost. And I can imagine it feels the same way when you're in this remote location for Il Volcano playing music in, in a different setting feels quite strange, but in a really good way. It's a beautiful sense of freedom because you can choose the elements. It's not that we are playing music in a, concert venue or in a club or in a predetermined uh, space. Mm -hmm. We are free to visualize whatever we want. And, uh, and this is the beauty of creativity. And it's a freedom that is really important to keep alive. I think it's really interesting to work uh, with the video, which can be really, or photography, that can help this type of understanding of uh, displacing music from the club or concert venue context and bringing it somewhere else. It is an experiment. I see that uh, it's quite becoming more interesting for people because I can see that these things are happening here and there. Let's try to bring more music back to nature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why not? Are you, so are you actively like choosing gigs that allow you to make that connection with nature like terraforma is one example of course um but are there other places you've played maybe recently that you can say sort of fuel that same natural connection 
it is happening in festivals generally. Mm -hmm. They are also different and all in uh, placed in such incredible uh, locations that I have to say that they create a stunning effect with music. Mm-hmm. And so I, I for sure, in a good sense, take advantage of these landscapes to try to create more, uh, let's say, in, a, in, in an Italian way, we could call it drama, you know, but <laughs> it's, a, it's because it's in fact... Uh, a theatrical uh, experience uh, where the landscape has a huge influence on the on the result uh, of the answer. So going back to Il Vulcano, you've invited different artists to collaborate with you and also just to participate while you produce the event, I think. I think there's been some times where you have just been the kind of moderator. Yes. Um, is that right? Yes, exactly. Can you speak about the different artists that you've worked with in this context uh, and how you've kind of gone about choosing them? These are all artists that I encountered along the journey of music, uh, personally encountered in uh, gigs, uh, concerts, uh, where I could see the connection between my ideas of Il Vulcano and their music. And I approached them and I asked them if they they would have loved to participate to something like this. And they, they were all very happy to get on board something different. And mm-hmm. they are all experienced musicians because they are uh, somehow fathers of their uh, genre that they are experimenting since decades. And the common element between all of them is that the, they are all uh, people who, likes, uh, who like adventure and they're open to go out of the, of the classic uh, environment and try to, to detach and, uh, and follow us into this uh, unknown. I find it interesting that you haven't participated in every event as a musician. Um, I really like that you're there sometimes just to listen and watch. So do you feel that same, you know, we talked about this feeling, this really sort of big emotion that you get when you are DJing. And I wonder if you feel that same feeling when you're just an observer, when you're just here for the event to kind of take place around you. Uh, Yes, uh, I am. I have to say that uh, being an observer is a beautiful uh, part as well of this uh, uh, work uh, because it's very interesting to, to feel what other humans are wanting to communicate through music. And I am so much focused on my DJ work that sometimes into my, my collection of records, I, I don't have the chance to collect everything you know, and uh, to go to a concert. Is the best way for me to hear it live and, mm. and the best way to witness the, the work of other people. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, a human exchange between uh, all of us, of the, all, all, all the people involved, you know, are quite always interested uh, to check what, uh, what's going on, you know, around. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that maybe it's like a bit of a learning experience for you, but also I feel like it's okay if it's just something really beautiful that you want to be there to see and hear. Like we don't need to have so much emphasis on it needing to be a learning experience or like fuel your creativity. Like it can also just be a beautiful thing. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. It makes sense. It's, uh, I think it can be all together as well, you know. It's uh, always something new and uh, something that we make us come together in a way. So there is always something that we will find uh, uh, and we don't know what it, is, what it is before going, but always something, someone. It's an amazing uh, opportunity to be part of this. Uh, 
I think so too. I know that another year with Il Volcano, you were recording in Greece. And then the records that you chose to play were, I think, folk songs from around the Mediterranean. Is that right? Yes, this is a um, performance that happened in Sicily, not in Greece. Okay. And uh, it's a DJ set, uh, including um, folk music from uh, every country touched by the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Like traveling along this imaginary continent of the Mediterranean, going through landscapes and history and places, because this DJ set is also supported by the field recordings mm. uh, by another artist, Filippo Brancadoro, who uh, blended together sounds of the nature and helped me to mix uh, this music together, also thanks to these soundscapes. And uh, yes, we recorded uh, work. <laughs> we have the recording, luckily, and um, which I really have a special feeling for. Mm -hmm. um, so, what was it like playing in? I, I mean, I'm guessing that it was quite a remote area. What was it like playing there? I, 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 it sort of reminds me of like when an author goes to like a cabin in the wilderness and writes their novel for three months and doesn't talk to anybody else uh, and just has this kind of time in isolation. Does it feel that way for you that you're very sort of on your own just with your work? It is. Uh, you really feel uh, in a remote uh, place. Uh, this is in fact already itself a remote island which is quite difficult to reach uh, and the place where the performance happened is the top of a mountain mm. which was very difficult to reach for uh, generator, the sound system, it was a, a whole adventure to get there. And then the feeling of, after all of this work of production, being there and being able to hear the sounds coming out from the sound system and seeing it happening, uh, for sure gave uh, an extra level of energy into the performance. So because mm -hmm. it's an emotion, that, uh, just the idea of that it's possible to play records uh, thanks to a fuel generator in a remote uh, area yes it's another type of performance mm -hmm. I love that so much I also love the the idea of digging into the different cultures and sounds and histories of the of all these different countries um, obviously that's something that you're not always able to do as a touring DJ but it's nice that you were able to do that in this sort of context like be able to kind of appreciate the the places that you're the, that the music is coming from. Yes, because in fact, uh, Sicily, being uh, geographically in the center of the Mediterranean, mm. felt to me like a place uh, to uh, spread uh, from where to spread these waves, and mm. uh, which were in fact dedicated to the Mediterranean territory, a sort of translation uh, into an uh, art and something that can. Uh, be uh, a language that can be perceived and read by the people, but uh, maybe that uh, have not the, the chance to travel into all these territories. Feeling the same things uh, evoked by a work of art, you know, and uh, this is the uh, attempt. Does music also make you feel more connected to the world around you? You know, what you've been saying about 
um, sending out these waves. I think that traveling is also a really important part of your life. And I wonder if the process of like learning about different cultures and researching their music and traditions and then visiting those countries, is that all something that feeds your creativity as an artist? Uh, yes, it feeds my creativity a lot because uh, I was uh, lucky to spend some years in London where this uh, uh, mentality Mentality is a part of the everyday life and you have the chance to encounter with so many different uh, uh, ethnicities and realities and mm. cultures that are completely different one from each other. And uh, after this long experience, uh, this was my new paradigm into my mind. And so I feel like uh, music, uh, of course, is a, a global language that can uh, be understood by everybody around the planet. And uh, it's very interesting to to see the similarities, the differences, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, the of the cultures. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about how you're going about doing all this research? Um, you know, finding all these different folk records from uh, from all over the Mediterranean, but also just in your general sort of way that you're working with Il Volcano. Uh, how is that research process for you? Um, how are you kind of going about finding all this information? Uh, in um, in the record stores, there are many treasures, and uh, sometimes uh, you find incredible collections that uh, most of the time they're not yet brought into the digital world. So it's material that you can only find on on vinyl, mm-hmm. and some somehow I feel. Is it going to be a lost knowledge? Mm. Is it going to be available online in the future for the people? Or is it going to be just a record that was made and nobody remembers? So I feel some sort of personal responsibility, mm. but uh, it's passion and uh, a, mo- a personal motivation to collect uh, this uh, knowledge that is not easily uh, explorable nowadays. So um, I don't feel it like... Um, uh, something old uh, or uh, distant from us. Uh, I see it as something very interesting. And on a on a maybe smaller scale, um, we talked about this a bit earlier at the top of the conversation about how you grew up in a musical family. And I can imagine that there's also a bit of like, you know, passing down music from generation to generation in in, in your sort of family way of things. Um, is that connection, you know, through your family, is that also important to the way that you think about music or the way that you play music these days? Yes, uh, his influence through my father who worked in the radio stations in Italy and also in the discographic uh, world of the 70s and the 80s of the Italian pop music, I had the chance to connect with the most more contemporary and recent music. But through my uncle, who uh, was a, a connoisseur of, of the classical music, mm. I uh, always connected with ancient music uh, as well. And uh, when I uh, discovered folk music, I understood that there was something even more ancient than classical music. And mm. I wanted to go beyond uh, into the, my historical studies of music and uh, understand what was in the, in the streets and in the life of the people, which kind of music they were listening, uh, not just in this elitarian context where the classical music was composed. Mm. And in fact, uh, I found similarities somehow as well with the techno music of today mm-hmm. because the using of the drums and the trance uh, moods uh, where this uh, popular music transports uh, the people 
It's a very interesting study for me, uh, helpful to better understand the dance floor of today. Definitely. I mean, do you think that we can hear all of that knowledge or all of that sort of um, all of these experiences that you've had collectively? Do you think that we can hear that in the way that you tell a story through a DJ set or the journey that you create? If you are sincere as a creative person, you will always feel everything <laughs> from an artist, you know? The most difficult aspects or the most clear, the most transparent. I think everything is part of the experience and all the experiences of life make you who you are as an artist or as a person. And so for sure, I am personally feeling to be an open book, you know, mm. because I, I don't like to uh, just, uh, let's say, show that one small part of this uh, soul, you know. If I'm doing it, I do it all completely. So I hope that this is felt as well because it's what I wish also from the others, you know. Mm. Um, why is it important for you to have that deeper connection with music? Like, of course, I've interviewed a lot of DJs for this series. I have a lot of friends who are DJs, but you speak very spiritually about music in a way that feels like you really kind of cherish every record that you play and that you find. Uh, and you seem very thoughtful about sort of when and how and why and where you play. Um, why is that? I didn't plan this journey. So um, I find myself uh, in this environment and I try to make sense out of it, uh, trying to understand what am I doing and what are we doing, not just myself. And, um, and through the experience and the empirical acts on the dance floor, I have a little uh, knowledge now to be able to make a, a sense of this uh, that helps me to, to find strength and to make it very meaningful, you know. Mm. So in what other ways are you hoping to expand your opportunities for musical and artistic connection? Like, are there maybe other countries that have been inspiring you that you want to explore or maybe you want to buy records from there or you want to do an Il Vulcano event there? Um, how else are you hoping to kind of expand things? I uh, definitely would like to continue the, uh, the site-specific performances mm. and go through more, more experiments like this. Uh, I think that for now I'm still interested in focusing in the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. music there is still a lot to research and the idea of creating uh, something new which uh, takes inspiration from these uh, uh, sounds and very organic and very organic to the territory that we are talking about and uh, bring it into a new level by creating new musics with artists collaborations um, that can fit into this vision are there also other types of projects you have in mind, maybe to explore creativity in a different way, like just to open up, I don't know, how you approach playing music or how you approach people's experiences of music? Yes, I like very much the idea of creating a specific theme for a DJ set. Mm. Where, so I first uh, create a concept and then I build up the DJ set up on this concept and so uh, I wish to do more this uh, because each DJ set would be more meaningful of course it takes a lot of time and research is something that you can't do every weekend mm -hmm. uh, but I like this idea of uh, preparing uh, not just improvising 
So this is another type of, it's something between a DJ set and a show that I have in my mind, you know, maybe also with uh, some visuals and something that can make it even more complete. Mm -hmm. I love that you seem to have such a like want to plan things out and sort of like come up with something that's totally different each time that you do things. Right. I, I I don't get bored for sure. <laughs> You've been listening to Paquita Gordon for Air episode 50. Thanks again so much for helping me get this far. It's been such a pleasure. We'll be back on the last Wednesday of the month with another episode, so check back in December for the last air of the year. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at at underscore airpodcast and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash airpodcast. We've also got a new newsletter, which you can find at airpodcast.substack.com. And don't forget to pre-order your Airpodcast 50th episode commemorative t-shirt at the link below. Thanks again for listening and see you in December.